The Free for All Roundtable. Round one. All right, 747. Jerry Agar and I are having such an interesting conversation that I almost didn't get to the weather. But um, I'll try to be less interesting next time. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's bookmark this because I don't want to delay the roundtable, but come back to what you and I were talking about, which is memorizing plays and, yeah, and having song lyrics. And song lyrics, having yeah. the capacity to do that. We'll do that at 845 when you come back to tell okay. us All what's right. coming up on the show. You've got to leave enough time. Here's the weather. I will. If you remember, yes. No, no. Well, you remind me. And uh, hey, it's. No, it wasn't brought to you by anybody. Okay, this, Just by you. The great parade of professionalism continues. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> On round one, the aforementioned Jerry Agar is here. Courtney Betty from Betty's Law. Dave Trafford, host and producer of On the Ledge, the Ontario politics podcast. And that's not the only one, actually. Dave, you've got like a raft. You're like, uh, you know, the, the Thompson magazine empire now, but for mm-hmm. podcasts. We have about 20 shows in the Story Studio Network, and I think I host four or five of them. Um, we, we're doing a great series on um, on the, the future of forestry, and I was like, when I was listening to your yes, story yesterday about toilet emails. paper, yeah. I was just livid. So I, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but if you're listening, you might want to check out our podcast. It's called Canadian Forestry Can Save the World. A little ambitious, but it's informative. Yeah, that sounds right. like Hinterland's Who's Who with Dave Trafford. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? We take on Smokey the Bear. We take them on. For more information on Smokey the Bear, <laughs> contact. Yeah, and yet the is not his middle name, by the way. So, Bear. Uh, Toronto mayoralty race we date cover that too, sorry. has been set for the 26th of June. And Courtney, Betty, I don't know if there's anything necessarily to be observed, except I'm still convinced the 26th of June, we're not going to be plugged in. I mean, in, in Quebec, at the very least where I'm from, uh, on the 24th, you pull the plug and you don't put it back in until Labor Day. Well, no one's going to be as plugged in, John. The question is going to be who is going to be who's going to emerge that is going to be able to gather um, the the attention of voters in Toronto. How about you? So far, uh, no, we've already had that discussion, but I do think that we need um, some really strong leadership at this point in time, and uh, and many of the people that probably should be running. Are, are, are not going to, and that's also interesting. Yeah, and the flip side of that, Jerry Igar, is many people who probably we wish wouldn't run will. Oh, there's no question about that. I got a, a robocall yesterday or one of those little online survey things. If you like candidates, do you know who these candidates are? Then, okay. okay. What names do they get? Um, well, I recognized all the names, uh, but I have a bunch of problems with uh, how they do that kind of research, and I'm going to take that up in my show later. Uh, but that said, I, I never get exercised about when the date is. Um, you know, that came up in the last election because it was a, a Muslim holiday or something uh, that we were supposedly interfering with. Well, well, you can vote online. You can vote ahead. You can vote. Somebody said to me, oh, you, you wouldn't take that attitude if it was on Christmas Day. Well, I wouldn't vote on Christmas Day. I'd vote ahead of time. Like, you know, suck it up. Vote. Okay. Dave Trafford, your thoughts? 26th of June. I, I, I actually think you're going to get a, a, a great deal of heat and intensity around this because it's such a short period of time for a municipal election. Once, two, the, the, this is just for the mayor's chair, so the media will have a lot to talk about, uh, and that's just going to be front and center. Um, and, and three, I, th- I just think that we're going to get a larger than expected voter turnout uh, as we head into the spring because uh, we're going to have a provincial budget that will already be on the table that will reflect on how 
Toronto operates. Um, I, I think we're going to turn the page on John Tory pretty quickly in that respect and move on. I think you're going to get a lot of attention and, and voter turnout on, on this uh, election. Okay. Well, as the network reporters used to always say, only time will tell. Uh, the NDP... It's that kind of analysis I always tuned in for. <laughs> the NDP <laughs> at Queen's Park uh, continues to bang the drum about Doug Ford's, not only the stag and doe for his daughter, but the wedding itself. Um, Dave, you're the political guy. Uh, is there there there? No. Um, and I, I only say this is because didn't I just read this story 10 days ago that said the integrity commissioner looked at the stag and doe and said there was no there there to begin with and now we're going we're going back to the same well I get it that we've added the the wedding onto this but you know if this had been the initial salvo okay maybe I get it but the commissioner's already weighed in on the on the stag and doe issue. Uh, I'm not quite sure how things have changed significantly, except to say that some of the folks got invited to the to the wedding. Um, I, where I think the premier and the and his office falls down is not being able to say out loud, here's a copy of the invitation. It came from my daughter, as opposed to it came from somebody on his staff. or And that just creates the cloud around this. So I think this could go away really easily. But to Deb Hutton's point, I think the NDP has missed their opportunity. Healthcare affordability should have been their opening salvo, the thing they should be pounding on this government right now. Okay, but Courtney Betty, scandal often sells better as the question. You're even the question you ask in the house is what matters. Nobody cares what the answer is. It, that's true, and I, and I really do think that the approach of the NDP, which is a very aggressive, um, take no prisoners approach, whether they're right or wrong on this particular issue, and I, I have a little bit of a challenge with it because there's this issue of the eleven hundred dollars that people were asked to donate after the stag and doe. So that's a little bit concerning. But I think the strategy of having a politician that's there, that's overly aggressive right now, is a great thing for the province of Ontario. Okay. Jerry? Well, the integrity commissioner is more consequential than we are in terms of making a decision on this, but less consequential than the court. There could still be court proceedings on the Emergency Act, even though uh, a commissioner has come out and said it was properly applied. Right, but that's not going to happen. Okay, but, but I'm going to tie both these stories together. And in both of these stories, I'm done. I didn't like the Emergency Act, but the decision was made. I'm moving on. You know, sometimes you just got to move on. And that's what the NDP has to do. And I'm not dealing with that story of Doug Ford and the developers on on my show, unless and until there is a court proceeding or some uh, Kevin Donovan comes out with uh, with the goods on something that happened between Doug Ford and a developer. Otherwise, it's just whinging, and I'm you know I do enough of that anyway. And good morning to Kevin Donovan. Um, well, he's really good. Yeah, he's very good. A lot of heads uh, on a lot of pikes. Um, on a conference call yesterday, uh, Loblaws President Galen Weston said that he's got over a thousand supplier requests on his desk for raises in wholesale food prices. So, Jerry, clearly the food inflation, or as some people have been calling it, greedflation, is far from over. Yeah, uh, and it's very difficult for us to know uh, what really goes on in the whole chain of events from, you know, farm to table, so to speak, that whole supply chain, uh, and and where is the price simply because prices are increasing? Where is it because people are taking advantage? You used the term greedflation. Amanda Lang was on my show this week, and she said, because uh, I brought up, well, they have a higher profit margin now, they're making an awful lot of money, and she said, I think they're making the money at shoppers. I think they're making the money on on things that aren't groceries. 
Dave Trafford, I still think there's a degree of, uh, at the very least, brand jeopardy for Galen Weston and other grocers, but mostly Galen because he put his face on the product. And, you know, a thousand different products where they've been asked to raise the price, that's going to hit home. Okay, I, that I have an issue with that right off the bat. All right. the, the, the reporting on this, there's no, there's no follow up on that. Who are these thousand supplier re- that are requesting increases? Uh, what products are they actually asking for increases on? There's no follow up in this article that we're we're reading here. They've just taken Galen Weston's news release and regurgitated it and made it news. It's not unless you actually follow up. So the real question to me is, where is that re- request happening? Why are they asking for that? request. Uh, how is that actually going to affect what I put on my table? And to Jerry's point, does that include cosmetics at shoppers or is that the cost of butter that you know we need uh, in the local grocery store? So the reporting on this is is really vague, um, mostly because it's kind of business ease. I mean, in terms of a lot of the language that's in there. But I agree with you. The brand around Galen Weston is like circling the bowl here. And it, seriously, I don't know how you get out from underneath it. He should have been able to say, these are the people who are affecting the price of the food that's going on your table. Not a thousand supplier requests. Let's get past that. Listen, I want to jump to a couple of other things, including a report that is out that uh, insists lethal force by Canadian police officers has been has seen a steep rise in recent years, 2022. The deadliest year on record. And the same report says black and indigenous people are often on the receiving end of that. Courtney Betty, your thoughts? Uh, I'm just frustrated continually, John. <laughs> we, we keep hearing these stories and yeah, there's an increase, but there's been a problem. There's always been a problem. You know, I did a presentation to some of the leaders at Corrections Canada about three or four weeks ago talking about the issue of the indigenous and uh, population in the jail cells. I mean, We've got, we've got to find a solution to deal with this because it kind of paints this picture that the indigenous community, the black community, who are disproportionately represented in these shootings, that there's a, an, a, an element of crime around it. And we just haven't figured out how to deal with it. So I don't know what the solution is on this. Well, this is a, a, a starting point for questions. It's not a, a report that gives us answers. In fact, there are, it's incomplete. How many of the people who were killed by police were armed? They don't include that information. Well, that's vital information as far as I'm concerned. How do we tie in the fact that we had an increase in uh, violent interaction between the police and citizens when, in fact, one of the main topics we've been talking about you and me and others on the radio station, John, the last number of months is the increase in violence perpetrated by citizens in the community, on the TTC, on the streets, random crime. Um, all of those things have to be considered. And, and Courtney, this has to be considered. Um, I don't know on the indigenous population, but, but there is an element of young black males who overrepresent in violent crime. That has to be included too, doesn't it? Well, the, the issue of young black males and overrepresentation, um, you know, is a challenge as it's presented. The reality of it is that in many of these communities, the, the circumstances that individuals live in are the reasons that we're seeing the crime. It's just a reality. Yeah, but that's what I'm of, talking of about. You have to consider it. You have to talk about it because it's a reality. It is a reality, but we've got to figure out the solutions. I mean, I was just at a presentation yesterday on a, on a whole other issue, looking at the mental health issue within these communities and the challenges that they're facing. We've not figured out solutions. We've created these 
and I'm going to use the word because it's a it's a dictionary definition. We've created these little pockets of we call it marginalization. Some areas they may call it ghettos in in, in our city that give a large percentage of crime, and it's an issue that has to be addressed. And I'm hoping maybe the next mayor will really take this issue on. Uh, Dave Trafford, last thoughts. Oh, yeah, I just think the whole thing is, and to Mark Mendelssohn's point about, you know, the, the, the tone of the report, when you have one of the academics on there saying, the quote here is, we only need to turn on our TV to see the brutal, consistent murder of black people that happens over and over and over and over again uh, later on. In absence of data, you can't count it. If you can't count it, then it doesn't count. There's so much suck and blow here that there's nothing really statistically, um, you know, sound. There's no foundational, uh, nothing foundational about the stats that we're looking at. It, there is a problem, and much of it, though, has to come down to reporting. We're not collecting the data. We're not looking at it realistically, to Jerry's point. We're not actually looking at data in terms of a means to uh, a solution to, to Courtney's point. That's the problem. Thank you all, Jerry Agar, Dave Trafford, and Courtney Betty. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.